0: Welcome to Conversations About Life. Good morning, Tehila, and thanks for being a guest on my podcast.
1: Hi, well, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. So I'm talking with you, and you're in Israel, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's about 6 a.m. here.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> so this is the first thing in the morning, um, getting to have a chance to just have a conversation with you here with a cup of coffee and the birds are singing outside. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: So my podcast is normally um, just conversations with everyday you know, people. But you're not really an everyday person. You you seem pretty impressive by your um, just the things I've I've read about you. Um, for example, you um, are a, a judo champion um, and uh, a former Israeli national. Um, let's see, a, a boot camp instructor in the Israeli army, and uh, now you're a business consultant, and you're into. Um, um, it's a kind of spiritual, homeopath, extrasensory business, uh, consultant type of things. And anyway, um, why don't you just start by telling us about yourself? Just what kind of person are you, and what are you like, and you know that type of thing. <laughs>
1: um, well, I, I used to be uh, the Israeli judo tam- champion in my youth, and uh, at the age of uh, eighteen, I had to quit because I injured my knee. And then uh, in Israel, the army service is uh, compulsory uh, for for men and for women as soon as we reach the age of 18. And uh, in the beginning, I was drafted as an excellent sportsman in the field of judo, but uh, after my injury, I became a boot camp instructor for uh, new male recruits from uh, difficult backgrounds with adjustment issues, Um, uh, which also (laughs) was a big switch for me because... uh, I always say an individual athlete is someone that has to be uh, self-centered um, and quite selfish in order to achieve their goals. This—that's uh, the way I was, and yeah. uh, to become a commander for for recruits in which you know from such difficult backgrounds um, required that I become completely selfless. So it was a huge switch, which thankfully I managed to do in a very short amount of time because I couldn't afford not to. As most most changes happen when you can't afford not to change. Um, and then later on, um, I traveled and I, I worked for the Israeli airline. And uh, I I started, uh, I learned homeopathy. And I did quite a, quite a bit of business and t- entrepreneuring. And uh, then I became, lately, the past years, I became the CEO of an access control company. And I started uh by ergonomy for business which is um, my consulting service it's an extrasensory consulting service where I, I help uh, business owners with their, to develop their business where, where I and I focus on on a holistic approach because the way I see it um, especially small businesses are an extension of the person who owns them and that's why I think in order to succeed, the health, the health of the owner is also the health of the, is reflected in the health of the business. So you have to sure. focus on the core, and then it has a ripple effect on on everything else. And that's yeah. what I use I use homeopathy for that.
0: And then besides that, you're a mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're a very busy person.
1: <laughs> yeah, although I. I I don't think think of myself as busy, which is good. So I, I am very busy, but because I do things I love, I don't, I, it's more that I, I just do things I love. So, um, I am busy, but it's, it's a different. It's, I don't focus on being busy. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you also are an observant, a Jew. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I'm a religious Jew. Religious.
0: Okay. Um, well, a lot of that's interesting, um, you know. You, you mentioned being other-centered. Um, well, that's kind of how I thought of it. Like, you know, in, instead of just yourself and um, focusing on your own achievement, um, it seems like you've made a transition to where you're looking at others and more in the the coach position of um, trying to help others to achieve their goals and so forth. Um, Is that a more uh, satisfying um, type of pursuit? Like does it, um, you know, as far as just life satisfaction, do you like being in that mentality better than just being focused on yourself? Well,
1: I think at the end of the day, when a person follows their calling, uh, it's naturally you know, both like that, that, you, that you'll have much more satisfaction and passion for what you do. And I, I look at myself in, or at, back at my life as a journey. I had to go through different stages of my development um, in order to become who I am today. So I think it was, it was right to be maybe in a selfish place in the beginning in order to build myself and my find, foundations. And once I had a strong foundation, I could, I could go out and be there for other people. But I think it's very important to to nurture yourself before you go out and start, you know, giving out to other people. So, so you'll have where to give from, and yeah. that. So that's very important. I think it's, it's also uh, it has to be that on a daily basis. It's not uh, you, know, you always have to take care of number one first so number
0: one will be able to take care of everyone right I think for me one of the things that keeps me from being more focused on others and their um achievement or their pursuit or whatever is that when I think of my own self sometimes I feel like I'm barely holding life together you know there's just (laughs) um but but perhaps that just has to be set aside sometimes. Otherwise, perhaps, you know, one is just constantly f- self-focused. I don't know. But.
1: I think, look, there were times when I felt that I was in survival mode. And when I was in survival mode where, you know, just trying to keep things together, I, I just couldn't afford to, to be there for other people as much as I am now. So there are different periods in life and different lessons to be learned. And the, the places where where you get to a point where you can't be there to help others, or just places where it's a stage. Everything in life is a stage. Uh, and sometimes you just have to be in, in that place in order to make that transition. So I think that, that, that it's just a matter of being um in tune to what you need right now so if if what you need right now is to focus on yourself then then that's what you need to do and as soon as you're strong enough you can you can reach out
0: and at this point in your life you feel like i guess you could say like you have a pretty good handle on life you're at a good place you you feel strong enough to just now to be focusing on others
1: at this point, yeah, but that said, something you know, <laughs> hopefully not, but something can happen in the next minute that will change my, comp- you know, change my focus. I think the whole point is being uh, open and dynamic and flexible to, to to what life has in store for you.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, tell me about your religion. What's your religion like? for you? What, how do you experience it? And what does it mean to you? And I guess just what? what's it like being a religious person?
1: Well, um, I, I spent many years studying spirituality and, and Jewish and Kabbalah, which is the spiritual side of Judaism before I became an observing Jew. And that was something very gradual. The more I understood the reasons... For why um, you know things were a certain way in the religious world, um, that's when I decided that I would align myself to that. So the basic one of the basic premises in Jewish Kabbalah is that there's the, the there are vessels and there's the light that comes from from the infinite from God and our job is to work on the vessel to strengthen the vessel to purify the vessel and when the vessel is strong and pure the 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 more strong the stronger the vessel the more light it can hold so uh religious practice jewish religious practices are aimed at strengthening the vessel that's the that's the idea one of the ideas behind them
0: so um so it's it's practices and it's about strengthening the, the body and the mind. And, and, um, and, and I I guess the, the idea is that then you can hold more life, more of God's spirit, more of, or or something along those lines. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah. You, you, you've understood correctly. It's about the stronger your vessel, the more light it can contain and the more light it can spread. So, there are certain practices, religious practices, that are aimed in order to make your vessel stronger—mind, um, body, and the spiritual vessel, so to speak. And then, when that—that, that, the stronger you are, the more light you can hold, and the more light you can bring to the world.
0: Okay. And hmm, it reminds me <laughs> of oh, well, this is from the New Testament but it reminds me of like one of the um the authors um Paul speaking about we have this gift in um broken vessels i think he says so i think he you know so that's a little bit of a, a contrary way of thinking about things but um i guess he's thinking of um you know the fr- fragility of life and that in uh, I guess from like both a, a Jewish and Christian perspective, um, we we are um, broken in some sense, you know, like starting at the beginning with the fall and so forth. But um, we have um, in broken vessels, we have the, the spirit of God and we carry that with us as a gift. And it's like a light to the world and so forth. But um, I... I guess, um, how, um, so does your religion involve, um, like, a, a relationship? Like, uh, what's your cons? I guess, you know, I, i lately, I've been, um, kind of meditating on the Psalms and like, uh, King David and the different Psalm writers who would write these poetic things about, um, about God, just even, um, one I was kind of thinking about this morning was Psalm 16 about, um, you know, protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And, you know, he just goes on and he has this like warm heart for, for God or Psalms eight, O Lord, our, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And, you know, he just goes on. So in, your practice of religion, what is that relationship like? You know, is there, does there seem to be like a connection with um, God as a person who is a a God of glory and so forth? Kind of like something like King David expresses in the Psalms. Like, uh, is that kind of an aspect of the the Jewish religion as you, you know, experience it?
1: Well, um the way i think the, the i think one of the i'd say the dangers of religion is you know uh that you there's so, sometimes there can be so many you know rules or mediators etc and, and you lose the connection with with god you know the the and uh, uh, we call it the un uh, the unmediated connection let me put it that way the, the the direct connection and uh, and that's why uh, that's why I try to to focus on is keeping keeping a direct connection and not uh, it's it's because it's uh, you know how does that saying go about the trees and the forest <laughs> in Hebrew I know the saying but I don't, I don't remember the the English the English translation Do you remember that Oh,
0: that um, you can't see the forest because of the trees
1: Yeah, something like that exactly
0: Okay. But,
1: <laughs> So you know, in 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 Judaism, there, there's so many what we call mitzvot, you know, things that you your command commandments. Uh, if that's the direct connection, that sometimes you can you you can easily focus on the commandments and forget why you're actually doing them. Right. So uh, I think it's very important to keep a a consciousness, a higher consciousness of God. Remember that the commandments are are you know are are a means and they're not they're not the the objective it's the the objective is to, to connect to God and the commandments are a way to 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 better connect to him
0: yeah so how did um that connection with God first start with you was it like a particular event um or is it just kind of more of a, a process or um or or do you, are you still looking for that connection with God or, or what is that as far as like, you know, that direct connection?
1: Well, I you know, I think children have a direct, much more direct connection and it's up to the parents to to, to foster and strengthen that connection. However, I don't ever remember having, you know, maybe I, I think I, I, I never, no one spoke to me about spirituality until the age of uh, maybe 18 or 19. And I remember um, a friend of the family asked me, he had a a colleague, a friend of his that came from abroad, and there was a a stamp exhibition in Israel. And he asked me whether I wanted to, you know, to be at the stand, (laughs) basically at the exhibition just to work for his friend. Uh, I think this was, I don't remember if it was before or after my military service. And so I used to come there. It used to be such long hours, you know, from uh, ten in the morning till late afternoon evening, and it was it was quite boring. <laughs> it's like a five, five days or something. but but the the owner of of the stand uh, was this amazing guy, and when he did come, we had all these really interesting conversations. Uh, you know he was like twenty years my you know my senior, and we still in contact until today. He's a very successful businessman, and and, uh, and he's the one who introduced the concept of spirituality spirituality to me. And I remember he, he sent me the book Conversations with God. Oh wow! Uh, one, two, and three. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> and uh, and that that was so amazing for me. That was my first introduction to you know to, to God in, in in such a way. Uh, and that 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 really changed my life
0: yeah um and what was the main idea of it as far as conversations with god um was it you know it sounds like prayer but what what's the main idea behind the the books
1: i i don't really i, I you know you know talking about it now i don't remember anything particularly from the books because it was just this concept of of God being someone that you can kind of talk to and communicate with, mm-hmm. um, the concept of spirituality was just it was just so so amazing for me, um, mm-hmm. and also the concept of of how you know life is a journey and everything is a lesson and for developing the soul, all these mm-hmm. concepts that I I wasn't familiar with before, even though I was raised in a you know with the as, as a Jew, and uh, but you know, there wasn't so much talk about God. <laughs> <Was Right. it? laughs> That's the thing.
0: So, for me, um, I grew up in a religious home, but it was very dry, it didn't mean anything to me. I mean, I think it meant something to my family, but to me, it didn't. I tr- and I, at a certain point, I tried to do some of the religious things that might. Helped save my soul so to speak you know but it was all didn't mean anything and um then I grew on went on throughout my teen years and became like a typical American rebellious teenager and just fell into all of the rotten stuff teenagers you know can typically uh, get into and um and then um, I, I was about 18 and um, I was just I think at a low point in my life and I just felt morally disgusting, like what have I become? And I didn't I didn't think I could do anything about it. And I like I guess in prayer, you know, I called out to God saying, Save me from myself and what I had become. And I remember experiencing um like a load of guilt being lifted from me. It felt like a real connection with God, whereas I felt Forgiven and something changed. All of a sudden, I had an interest in spiritual things as far as the scriptures. They just, before, they didn't make sense to me. Now they just kind of came alive, you know, and I just started eating it up. And that was like the beginning. But what's kind of interesting to me is that guilt, which is kind of like a negative thing, or like feeling morally undone or disgusting you know that was like the the gateway in um and i've i've as i've talked with people it seemed i've that's a little bit common like i've seen that with other people too not for everybody but um i mean for some people there's kind of more of a from childhood or something like that they feel connected to god but for for me it was like coming to that very low point and then encountering a p- person, God, who lift, who was merciful to me, lifted that guilt and received me when I just kind of humbled myself and called out to help. Is that, you know, when you're in your conversations with people and um, in your religion or yourself, is there any commonality? Um, you know, with that experience, like the way I'm kind of describing it,
1: you know, I've been studying spirituality for twenty plus years, and one of the and, and I've been studying um, a a certain you know school of spirituality um, by by a woman which passed away, and her name is Yamima, and she basically spoke. What she talks about is that. Every, each one of us has um, a, an essence which is positive and a negative load, okay? And it was interesting what you said about being disgusted from yourself. It's that in order to be disgusted by, by, by something negative, it's, it's not the negative load that's disgusted. It's the, essential, it's the pure essential part that is the one that even identifies uh, that something is wrong. So there's always there there are always two voices. It's the the voice of the pure essence and the voice of of we call it the negative load. I don't know exactly how to to best translate that term. Right. And and the whole idea is always you know being able to separate separate the two, and uh, be be and and actually act from the the pure uh, and positive essence. So the the positive essence uh, always knows what is the good and what and also the good that it deserves, so that part that feels that, that 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 voice which which is disgusted or is guilty is actually the voice of of the positive part which is demanding something better of of you right. and and of the universe
0: right yeah i guess that's also um a concept I'm familiar with as far as like God's law, you know, you look at it in the scripture, but it's also written on the heart. Like we have this sense of what is good and right. And without that, you can't be disgusted because you don't know anything. You know, exactly. right. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned, um, well, I was going to ask you about homeopathy homeopathic, um, (laughs) and you, so I've, I'm, I don't know much about that at all. Um, I've heard that being in referenced to, um, physical wellness and so forth, but you were mentioning it in connection to, um, business type of things, um, business consultant, I think if I understood you right. Um, so what are you referring to when you're referring to, um, that and how, how is that connected to you know your business consultant? If did I understand you right with that? Yeah, okay, okay.
1: Because I, am just so because I, I'm so familiar with the <laughs> with the terms and what I do. Sometimes I forget that not necessarily everyone everyone else is, uh, and it's very good that you asked. Um, homeopathy is a form of alternative medicine. Uh, or let me, or not alternative. I'd say holistic because I'm not so sure. I like the term alternative medicine because uh, I think that's the main medicine. <laughs> the, okay. The, um, holistic I see. medicine is the main, um, and uh, and the, basically uh, the 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 way homeopathy is that physical and mental symptoms. Our indication uh, if I were to explain to an, uh, a certain in imbalance internal imbalance okay I'd say even uh, which is spiritual at the end of the day spiritual something when something spiritual goes off it will manifest itself in physical and mental symptoms. Now in homeopathy we aim to understand based on the, on the physical and the mental symptoms, Understand what's going on, I say, in the, the internal or spiritual level, and and provide a, a homeopathic remedy. There are there are about five thousand different homeopathic remedies uh, made from uh, you know na- different substances, whether from the world of nature, plants, etc., animals, any, almost anything you can think of. There, there's also a homeopathic remedy from chocolate and from a dolphin's milk. Okay, so the whole idea is that. Um, one of the the basic principles of homeopathy is individualization and treating the person as a whole. So when a person comes for homeopathic treatment, we want to hear about all their mental and physical symptoms from their entire life. We want to know about their personalities, their food desires and aversions. Um, We want to know everything about them in order to identify the repeating pattern everyone has a repeating pattern which like I say manifests itself in the physical and and mental planes and and to and once we we've identified that pattern we want to match a homeopathic remedy which will help remedy that that uh, that imbalance that that uh, that pattern so uh, a like I said, when, when uh, so I've got a homeopathic clinic. I've been doing it for, for over 20 years. Um, and I treat, you know, babies, uh, from, from babies to, to you know, uh, older people are suitable for everyone. But the, the principles always stay the same. We always treat the person as a whole, we always individualize, um, and we always try to give the minimal dose. Uh, in homeopathy, we always try to give less is more as far as the homeopathic remedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's, that's basically the, the, way, the way I work.
0: Okay. Um, what's your daily routine like? What kind of rituals do you have in your life? Um, you know, just how, how do you go about life <clears throat> day by day?
1: Well I, I think I'm a great believer in schedules
0: <laughs> okay.
1: uh, especially for, for children. Uh, I think it's very important to create a sense of uh, safety and stability and have and have these schedules. Um, I, I think it's also physically important for the body to have set schedules and then the, you know the body has different hormones whether it's sleep hormones or other hormones that it knows at a certain time you know to, to, to produce. And then once everything's worked according to schedule and and you're synchronized also with the universe, day daylight and night, everything works in a much more harmonious harmonious way. So uh, I I do 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 i a strong believer in schedules, especially especially for children.
0: Yeah. So schedules. <clears throat> um. And then, are there any? Uh, what kind of things? Do you put in your schedule, you know, for your, your days, anything, um, that just helps you to be mentally, uh, you know, stable or, um, you know, just, um, or spiritual practices or anything like that? Like, um, or do you just kind of get up and just hit the day running or do you, um, have certain things that you do um, that just kind of help you um, be settled in a certain place or anything along those lines?
1: Well, I, I, I live, I, I, thankfully, thank God, <laughs> I live right next to a forest. So I love taking, you know, walks in the forest yeah. um, that helps me start the day, clear my mind. Um, you know, if I have an issue, I, I go for a walk and then I, I I kind of get get the solution sort of comes to me, and I get clarity, and then I so that that's that's very important to me. And I also before I go to sleep, I, I, I it's really important to me. It's it's essential for me to wind down. Um, otherwise, I I find it difficult to sleep. So I try to have dim all the lights, uh, you know, get the melatonin yeah. <laughs> uh, going. Um, and and just read and and keep things quiet after I put the kids to sleep, um, and and yeah. then then it's much easier for me to fall asleep. Otherwise, I see if I deviate from that, I, I pay quite a high price.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your relational life like? Um, are you do you have a lot of close family relationships, close friends, and so forth? And do you have any thoughts about nourishing relationships or? love and so forth?
1: Well, I think um, I think that uh, emotional connections are the most important thing in life. Relationships are the most important things in life. Um, and I am very fortunate to be surrounded by the people I love and a very supportive community. And for me, that's, that's the most important thing, to, be, to have a community of friends and families um, and just to belong to something that's much bigger than myself. And, you know, they said it takes a whole village to raise a child, and I think I think it's true. Uh, not only to raise a child, but just to, to live a good life.
0: Yeah, that's great. Do you live in more of an urban setting? Well, you said you have a forest right next to you, so yeah. it's kind of more rural.
1: Yeah. No, I live in a very small village. <laughs> small
0: village, okay.
1: Yeah, and that's what I love.
0: Yeah, and people tend to know each other and so forth. Yeah, I huh?
1: love it when you know when you go and you just just kind of wave hello to everyone and you you know you just know almost anyone that you see. I, I, I love that sense of belonging and familiarity. I, I think yeah, it's, I think it's amazing, and I think that's the way people should live.
0: How does your community? What kind of community things does your community do? Like um, the people around you, how do they spend time together?
1: Well, I I, 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 belong to, I, 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 think I to quite a few communities, but uh, I think one of the main things, being a religious Jew, is uh, is the Sabbath, okay? <laughs> and it's one of the things that on, on the Sabbath you don't drive, so where you <laughs> start, that's where you finish.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <Okay.
1: laughs> so, um, and so, and the Sabbath is like the main focal point, you know, in religious life. The whole week is basically a preparation for the Sabbath. Okay. So uh, you know, Friday nights, uh, as as a child when growing up, Friday night dinner was uh, always with uh, you know, uh, we alternated between uh, between my father's side and my mother's side. We used to go to my grandparents and and have Friday night dinner, and that's mm-hmm. why I used to meet all the cousins. And when I grew up, we weren't uh, religious, so we we drove we drove there, and we drove back, but every Friday we'd we'd see either side of the family. Um. And now, since I, I don't drive uh, on 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 the Sabbath, so uh, either I go spend the whole Sabbath at friends, uh, which is also it's it's uh, it's a different sort of interaction when you when you spend twenty five hours with a family, uh, you get yeah. to different depth. Um, so either I'd go and spend the whole Sabbath somewhere, or or we're invited, uh, or I have. You know, people over for Friday night dinner, and then Saturday lunch. Also, Saturday morning is also when you meet uh, friends. So it's—I think—it's very important. It's a real quality time, the Sabbath, when you don't work and you just you know, socialize or focus on the spiritual side of things, and you get to be with your family. Um, there's a saying that the, that more than um, the Israelites took care of the Sabbath, the Sabbath took care of them.
0: <laughs> oh wow! So, I like that saying,
1: yeah, so basically when you learn about the sabbath it, it, it's it, it's it's rejuvenating and it, it it looks after you, i think and you learn, it's something that you learn after you actually observe it and do it because <laughs> it can yeah seem, you know while it's a bit daunting thinking about you know not being able to drive, it can be or you know turn the lights and use electricity it's you, you need to know how to do it. there's quite a bit of logistics involved, yeah. And preparing for it, you can't cook, so you have to have everything pre-cooked. But then you have rest. With small kids, granted, it's not so restful. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes you just wish they'd go to their, you know, daycare <laughs> yeah. uh, schedules instead of being with you all the time. But but it is, the idea is that it is much more restful than, than, you know, a regular day.
0: Yeah. I like, that saying reminds me of, like something Jesus said he said the sabbath is not made for man no um ma- no, uh, man is not made for the sabbath but the sabbath is made for for man you know which oh, is similar
1: <laughs>
0: yeah but i like the idea of sabbath um it's very appealing but it almost seems like it's helpful if your whole community did it together yeah.
1: That's why religious Jews usually live together in communities. So, uh, no, you know, no mobile phones, no computers, n- no nothing. That, but no TV. So that's the time. Also, by the way, when you socialize, you know, <laughs> right. socialize properly. But religious Jews always will live in a community in most cases because also when a a man, a Jewish man, prays, he has to have, um, in, in order to for the prayer, I'd say, to be accepted. Yeah, they have to be p- ten it has to be a minyan, a congregation of ten you have to have a minimum of ten men for 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 a, for a joint prayer so I see. You, you need that you always have to be with at least you know nine other men around you for for the prayer right. so that 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 already creates a, a congregation' which right. is good
0: so These do you go to
1: I sorry I, I just want to say in the end of the day the the irony is that all these, these seemingly seemingly constrictions, they are what brings you to a higher consciousness and freedom. Once you accept the constrictions and that's, that's the, I think that's the secret of spirituality is always the opposite of what you'd expect.
0: Right. That is, that is pretty interesting. Um, just, um, some things are not what you would expect, and there there are some constrictions. Like um, I don't know, like um, even um, you know, uh, love is kind of like um, a constriction in a way. I mean, it's like giving to others, maybe self sacrifice, um, and yet that could lead to more personal satisfaction um anyway what yeah you're i think it, especially in the west here you know um we're all about progress and just going as for going as fast forward as possible you know as we can and um sometimes um constrictions and those spiritual disciplines like you're talking about can be really helpful i think and just very good for nourishing the the humanity in us and so forth you know yeah i
1: totally agree that's a that's a very good observation
0: yeah um do you have any i guess what i would call them are like maxims or like just little sayings that you keep in mind that help you in particular situations like sometimes tough situations um Anything like rule, rules of life or anything that you just carry with you, um, you know, that help you to go forward when things get rough.
1: I think um, I, I I always try to to bear in mind that every challenge is an opportunity to grow. Hmm. So that's what I keep, you know. That's what I keep in mind.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything that comes through, it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to grow. That's the way. That's the way I look at things. So uh, I always try to take the higher perspective. Like, what, what is, what am I? This, this situation that occurs. Why, why is it? I, under, I have, I understand this for my, my, my benefit, for my greater good. How do I? You know, play my part in this. All right. It's more like, what does God want from me in this uh, situation?
0: You know, from your perspective, what is the whole point of life? Um, now, I, I, I from talking with you and from reading, I, I know you're you are into growth, and and I think that that's, um, and that's a major part of life like when you just look at children and you know biology everything it's about growth and becoming something beautiful but um when it comes to why why does it even matter um is that something you've you've thought about or do you have you know what what's your thoughts about that
1: well i think that's an excellent question you know so (laughs) then they sometimes you wonder what's the point okay yeah and um, in a way, you know, I used to be much more, uh, you know, I say uh, much more questioning about things. And uh, the more I studied spirituality and Kabbalah, um, I realized there were th- some things that I would never get answers for, and that's okay, and I just had to accept. And some things I would have answers for. So, so i was also... Or, Also learned, you know, I say humility (laughs) and saying, you know, some things I just just never know the answers. And if this is just what I'm supposed to do, then that's what I do. Uh, It's like being a good soldier, you know. (laughs) Uh, So I think the uh, the way I see life is all about uh, evolving the soul and uh, keep on evolving, becoming as close to God as possible, through strengthening and purifying the vessel and trying to spread as much light as possible, uh, which is basically because that's what God does. God, God, according to Kabbalah, God, 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 God gives. And we want to be in the light of God. We want to we want to give, but being human, we have to first receive in order to give. So if we receive, we want to receive in order to, to give. And that's... Uh, that's the basics as far as I can understand from this, from where I am now tomorrow, I might have a better understanding. I hope.
0: (laughs) Well, Tehila, um, what, um, you know, before we wrap up here, you can tell a a little bit about how people can follow you and contact you and so forth. But, um, what would you like, um, here, you know, that's basically it for me. Um, what, Is there anything you would like to bring up? Um, Any topics that are important to you or just anything you'd like to say or talk about here, Um, you know, just before we just kind of wrap up the conversation?
1: Well, I think that um, what I think is very important uh, that people learn to find, to look for the answers within. That's something that I think is very important and often overlooked, especially like you mentioned Western society and there's so much noise in the background. But I think, you know, it took me a long time um, to develop my, I say, intuition and, and extrasensory abilities. It's something that I wanted from a very young age, but I, it took me a while to develop them or to recognize them. And a lot of it is because I learned to r- listen to this inner voice, respect it, and the more I respected and listened to it, and gave a room, the louder it became. Uh, so that, together with strengthening the vessel, um, is what, uh, and you know, and God <laughs> is, is what actually you know enables me to do what I do today. And I think if if it's very important for people to focus inside of them and to get the answers from there, to connect to, to, to their, each, each one of us has a divine, uh, divine size and the connection to the divine. And we just need to tap into that. So instead of searching outside, if everyone would search inside, I think the world would be a much better place.
0: Well, thank you to Um, what what would you like to, um, how can people follow you, know more about your services, for example, or just anything else that you would like to um, to leave them with?
1: Okay, so um, like I said, my name is Tehila Aloni, and, and I have a LinkedIn page, and I have a website called uh, Bio4Biz. You write it B-I-O, the number four, and b i z dot com, and uh, I think that's the best ways to come to to contact me. I, I like working. Um, no disrespect, I like working with with women uh, who are business owners who have small businesses, and ideally, I I, I like to like make take this woman through a, an extreme makeover. So it's like giving a homeopathic remedy, so something that the personal well being changes and then, ref- and also doing the extrasensory business consultancy. But So after the personal well-being starts, improves, we also see an improvement in the business, and we also do the business consulting, but it's just making, like, providing, like, a, a, a whole framework. It's like a, it's, it's like a big hug, I like to think of it, you know, to help someone grow and, and become strong and succeed in life and, and then when you're in that place, when you, you're connected, that's when abundance comes in. And abundance isn't money only. It's, it's happiness, it's joy, it's, it's health. Abundance is it's like everything. <laughs> Whatever God you know, just wants to bestow upon us. And all we need to do is just prepare a vessel to, to be able to, to hold it, to receive it.
0: It was really nice talking with you, Teila. Um, it's nice to meet you. So thank you very much for the conversation.
1: Thank you. It's been a real pleasure Will, to, to to discuss things with you and to and to hear your your insights and uh, and about your life. I think it's amazing what you do. Thanks.